It's not in Vuselelo on SAFM. We're not mourning anything. But perhaps the song choice is an appropriate song choice against the announcement made by the president. Wednesday, 29 May, 2024. The nation shall speak. If you're over the age of 18, you qualify to vote, to decide your future. There's a slogan that says, 2024 is our 1994. And really the invitation is for you at home to correct whatever wrong in your society you feel requires correction. As much yours if you are happy with what you are getting from society and experiencing in your society. You are just as invited to vote alongside that contentment. Either way, and this is the activism coming through, you are encouraged to participate. 30 years ago, this conversation would be taking place in context for the first time, and many would never have known what it was or is that I would even be talking about. Universal adult suffrage. Every person, by being a South African citizen over the age of 18, qualifies to vote. Something many these days take for granted. Many despondent, hopeless, not quite aware the impact of the vote. The only thing I can say, we are in election season proper now that the president has officially confirmed Wednesday, 29 May, as the day of the vote. Yours and yours alone is to participate in your democracy. If you are fed up with load shedding, participate. If you don't have work opportunities, participate. If you are a victim of crime, participate. If you are jobless, participate. If you are raking in the millions because you are getting good work, go and participate. If you are living in a world you never imagined for yourself and so great the experience is, go and participate. And if you fall in between any of these two extremes that I would have mentioned, go and participate. If there's one thing I don't believe any South African with the capacity to do so, but chooses not to do so, and that is the indifference around the vote. And indifference around the vote almost speaks of indifference to who we are as a society and as a nation. And many would sing along to these lyrics because I think the context befits it. In the beginning, you were there. Uvunguza pezgom hlaba, swelling above the earth. Unkulunkulu akulume, the Lord spoke. Wenamoya wenze, and the Spirit did. Godwa namhlanje ukwele kimi, but today you fill me. You rule over my life. There's a spiritual context to what many would have laid down their lives to achieve. Many never saw it. 
Bram Fischer never saw his sacrifices. For those of you around Johannesburg, a big boulevard connecting Randburg all the way to the N1 and right through to the western part of the Rand. Bayers Nordier, one Bay, never saw. Well, except, sorry, he did. He passed away in 2004. He saw it. Biko never saw it. Ani never saw it. Tambo never saw it, although the promise was nearly there. Mandela did. Many saw it. Many didn't see it. And many saw it and then it crumbled before them. Yours is to go out and vote. Please, go out and vote. If you have access to the internet and a smartphone, register with the IEC to vote. To not vote in this society is not an option. It's just not an option. Of course, with that interlude, let's engage quite literally the politics of the day with Mr. Mpo Dagada, president of Arise South Africa, a youth-led organization, a new kid on the block, headquartered in Pretoria. They too are saying, this time around, Tumamina, or are they? We shall hear from him. Po, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. Thank you so much. Good evening and uh, good evening to all your listeners. Arise SA, another kid in the block, one of many that we are going to discover and learn from as we head towards 29 May 2024, and many more we will discover even on that day, on that ballot. I suppose the question that everybody will inherently ask when they hear of Arise SA, because you remain rather opaque to them, who are you, what are you about, what is it that is going to be different on offer from you that we haven't seen and especially heard before? My name is Mpo Dagada. Um, I grew up in South Africa, in Limbopo, in Venda. And I think, you know, first and foremost, I always like to start by saying that I love South Africa. I've realized that, you know, we're living in a day and a time where many people no longer love their country. And many people seem to not care about the country. I love South Africa. And not only do I love South Africa, I'm, I'm willing to fight to rescue South Africa. Arise South Africa is a collective, a group of people that want to ensure that things go right in our country. We are in a stage in our country where things seem to have gone wrong. And not just slightly wrong, horribly wrong. And it becomes important when things are going wrong that we don't just sit down but we actually do what this word says, which is arise. And, you know, when we started, the, the, the song we started with uh, is one of my favorite songs because it reminds us that, you know, anything is possible. So many people have started to give up on South Africa. So many people have started to give up on our nation. So many people believe that through load shedding and everything that's going wrong in our country, will we ever get it right? And what Arise South Africa is saying is that arise from the circumstances which this government that we currently under has kept you in. Rise to a new life. We're calling on all South Africans from all walks of faith, every single South African to say it is our time as a nation to arise and build our nation the way that we want to build it. So it's a clarion call that we've started to call upon young, old, white, black every single South African to say, here it is. And today we've received the date, the 29th of May. And I believe that it is time that each and every one of us 
arise on that date and ensure that we begin to make decisions that will move our country forward. Why you? So one of the things that I, I always ask myself is help is on the way. It's one of those things that, you know, we, we learn to believe while growing up. We're always told that, you know, somebody out there is going to fix it. Um, and, and we grow up believing it, that someone somehow has, you know, th- us in mind and they're going to fix everything and do it all for us. And I was in business. I was a businessman, a successful businessman at that with multiple businesses. And, you know, I, I got the opportunity to advise the government on the fourth industrial revolution. And as I started to advise the government, I realized that my advice was falling off deaf ears. These people were listening, but firstly, they didn't have the know-how to implement, and they were just not willing to implement. And I got to a stage where I realized that many of us as South Africans, we always leave building the country to somebody else. We think that the next person should be the one to do it. We think that the guy who sings the loudest or the guy who's able to fill up a rally or a guy who's able to fill up the buses, he must be the one to lead. And we forget that each and every one of us has the opportunity to play a leadership role. And I believe that with the right vision and every single South African choosing to arise to a new vision, we would be able to change the future of our country. I stood up. And when I stood up, I realized that many other people are also standing up. In Arise South Africa today, we have an array of leaders that have stood up to say, we too were asleep. And when this Clarion Corps came out to say, let's arise, we thought in our communities, in our towns, in our cities, we can't sit back and watch our country go down. We must arise and ensure that we fight for our country. Why you? Why you? I think, you. I think that's a question that I asked myself as well. And, and I realized that if not me, then who? Who are we waiting for to lead us? And, and as I've alluded before, that so many times we wait for somebody else. You know, I once asked a young person and I said, why aren't you leading? And they said to me, shouldn't a white old professor be leading? And I said, why? And they said, well, that's the picture that the media has painted. And I said, no, each and every one of us as South Africans, we must take up the leadership baton and lead. When we look at people like Robert Sabuke, people like Nelson Mandela, people like Oliver Tambo, when we look at the, the people that led the struggle in the day, they, they didn't have time to ask themselves the question of why me? The question was, I can't sit down and watch as injustice happens. I must take action. I must arise. I must do something to fight for my generation and change the nation. So I answered that call to say it has to be me arising because that's what South Africa needs at the moment. South Africa needs a leader who's wise, a young leader who understands the gap between the old and the new, a leader who's going to be able to usher us into the prosperity that is here in the fourth industrial revolution, and a leader that understands to bridge the gap and ensure that the country moves forward towards one vision as a unit. What's that vision? The vision is to ensure that Africa in itself becomes the key player that it's supposed to play. Napoleon Hill, many years ago, when he you know, was sitting down with a few people and they were discussing nations, he looked at China from a distance and he said to the people that were with him, he said, there lies a giant. Let no one wake her up. And he was referring to China. And all of them sort of looked and said, what is Napoleon Hill saying? And I repeat the statement, it says, there lies a sleeping giant. Let no man wake her up. In who? In China. Mm-hmm. And today when we look at China, we see that that giant has arisen. And China, every product, you know, somebody said that even a toothpick that we use in South Africa is used or is created in China. 
And it became important that that nation got to a point where all of them rallied behind one vision to say, mm. let us use the skills and what we have to conquer the rest of the world and ensure our prosperity as a nation. And, and importantly, what China got there by one being a one-party state, and in part many would refer to it as a, as a dictator, but by suspending largely what you and I have come to characterize as a democracy. China didn't follow the South African approach. They followed what is the Chinese and unique to them approach to get where they are. How much of that is inspirational to you? So, so, so the interesting thing that people always forget is that people always follow vision. Nobody follows a sort of anything or something that they cannot see their future in. Everybody follows vision. What we can take from China is the vision that they had. A clear vision to say we will produce everything in China and sell it to the rest of the world. Their political ideology we can debate on another day, but what South Africa lacks is a vision of what we are doing as a nation. And the most important thing that we want to do is to ensure that we bring back that vision. Many young people out there are hopeless because they don't see themselves in the future of the nation. They don't see themselves participating in our democracy because of the issues that currently is. And it's important that out of that situation, we begin to arise as leaders to ensure that there is a hope, to ensure that we're discussing these things, to ensure that we're challenging each other to these points where we're able to bring up these ideas. Now, the vision that we should be following as Africa South Africa has gone in abundance of resources. In fact, there was a research study done that showed three richest nations in the world. Russia was one of them. The DRC Congo was one of them. And South Africa was one of them. Now, I don't think we're number two or number three. But this was a study done by professionals and professors to say, based on what each country has, which is the richest country in the world? And South Africa came up top three. So our nation is rich. The mineral resources upon our land are rich. We are able to become a global producer of many things. Diamonds, gold, manganese, chromium, vanadium, extensive coal resources. Everything we have to prosper as a nation is in our land. But what we see, we see a government that doesn't care about its people. We see a government that would rather ship away everything that Africa has and on a daily basis. All of that, all of which is the basis of the current despondency, um, lack of confidence in state, state capacity, lack of confidence and lack of trust in particular in the government and the institutions of state. Just like Mandela inherited the backlog that he received from de Klerk and apartheid all those many decades and centuries before, if you include colonialism, you inherit all of that and whatever has not yet been attended to together with what you refer to essentially as the failure of the last 30 years. And the question is, with that vision comes then the practical elements that are associated with action, action that is going to deliver South Africa to her promised land, wherever that might lie and whoever her Moses will be. Final question, your top three priorities, assuming you are in office today. The first thing is to empower the small business. Small businesses are the backbone of employment. We've got a huge unemployment crisis in our nation. We must empower the small business, not just empower financially, but ensure that think tanks and hubs that produce entrepreneurs are built here. That's very important. The second one is to lower taxes. We must allow that international companies can come in and play in South Africa. When Elon Musk was asked recently, why is Tesla not playing in the South African market? He says the tax regime is just unsustainable. 
sustainable. There's better chances of us doing business in other countries because of tax. We must lower our taxes because people don't understand this, that the more you tax people, the more you move capital away, the more you take capital away from the people to be able to build the capital that is needed to build business. And the third thing is to ensure that we reform our educational system. Our educational system is not fit for purpose. Our graduates are not equipped to be able to participate in the fourth industrial revolution. So we want to make sure that those would be the first three priorities that we would deal with immediately. In that order? In that order, yes. Small business, we need to empower small businesses. Tax, we need to drop the tax rate. Thirdly, fix the education system. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Well, this is the leader of Arise SA, Takata, president of Arise SA. It is a Tuesday. You all know the drill. And I don't need to remind you, but I shall for convenience sake. Please be respectful. Please be robust. And please be everything in between there. The time is 2027. It is the hashtag Tuesday takeover. So please do participate. After the break, you can call 86 2032 to call and engage in whatever the conversation is, and Paul's going to speak to that a little later, voice note or text 0614-104-107. Engage and don't let go. This is your one clear opportunity until the top of the hour to engage, who potentially, as he sells himself, could be your president. After the break, it's him. The Full Circle with Bridget Masinga. And we've had this conversation and we've engaged this conversation from many angles, but we keep trying, Lieto, because this is an important demographic to bring to the party. We have to sort of think about the nature of the vote and where the majority of South Africans meet the vote, right? Mm-hmm. Even those who had voted before, so those who had the privilege of voting during apartheid, all meet the vote in 1994. The vote that they meet is from a place of fear. Right, mm. that kind of fear metric that has sort of permeated the South African politics, especially when it comes to campaigning. It seems that the young people don't have that fear response that the older generations had. There is no political education to sort of counter that young view of self-determination and a collective determination as we govern the country in a democracy. The Full Circle with Bridget Masinga, Monday to Friday. 1 to 3 p.m. The Red Devils have a responsibility to ensure there's happiness at Old Trafford. Swung in dangerously. What a header. Stop and dominate. However, the Cottagers have an agenda to disrupt that plan. Swings it in. There it is. Yes. It's Rodrigo Muniz again. This is the Premier League. Manchester United FC faces Fulham FC on Saturday 24 February at 4.30pm. Live on S3. Also available on SABC Plus and SABCSport.com. Hashtag, we love it here. Brought to you by SABC Sport. For the love of the game. Tuesday Takeover on The Viewpoint. Good evening. My name is Mpo Dagad and I'm the president of Arise South Africa. And today on Tuesday Takeover on SAFM, I am taking over. SAFM. Thank you so much for having me, Songezo, and for those questions. I will be the one today. And today we're dealing with the state of the nation. 
We're dealing with what does South Africa look like at the moment? What should we be looking forward to? What are the questions that need to be answered? Remember, voting is happening on the 29th of May. 2024 is our 1994. Things are going to change. Things are going to change. If you want to join the conversation, kindly call in on 086-000-2032. 086-000-2032. If you want to send a voice note, please send a voice note uh, on 61 4107 061-4104107. Please keep your voice notes under one minute. And your radio must be off once we hear it. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I started my early career as a young man in radio while I was uh, in, still in Wurskwele Trichat, while I was in grade 10. I went to the radio station called Makado FM and I said, I want to be a radio host. Now, it was because I, I, I believed that I had something to share. I wanted to share my opinions and my ideas. And when I got there, they said, it's not very usual for a student to look for a job. And I said, well, I, I can manage my studies. I'm doing well in school. Can I have this job? And immediately I started that job while in grade 10. And I learned a lot about radio. So when they said to me, come through and take over on Tuesday, I said, I'll definitely do so. And um, it feels good. It feels good to be with the radio. Right. We've got a lot of people that have sent in voice notes, a lot of people that have got a lot of things that they want to share with me, a lot of opinions. I see social media is a buzz. A lot of people are asking different things, which I think are very, very important. And we're going to go through some of your questions and I'm going to try and answer these questions. I'm also going to try and engage with you. We're also going to take in callers. So if you do want to call in pills, feel free to do so. Now, somebody's asked a question here. They said, please ask your guest in store. Ask him about the fourth industrial revolution. Ask him about the fact that we have no Wi-Fi technology uh, and people are limited to this technology. And I think this is a very important question. And uh, I addressed this question to say, we, we've got a big crisis when it comes to telecommunications in our country. And where it stems from, it stems from the fact that we've got monopolies of note when it comes to telecoms. We've got MTN and Vodacom that have sort of kept a very strong monopoly over the years. And what they've been able to do through the years is they've abused South Africans. There is no reason why our data prices are as high as they're supposed to be. For many years, South Africans have not actually had any uh, access to internet. And, you know, one thing that ekes me the most is that in the face of all this abuse and the amount of money they've made, we still have a young black innovator who created Please Call Me, who must still beg Vodacom to compensate him properly, which I find completely unacceptable. But I want to address this question and I want to speak to it to say the first thing that we must do, and RI South Africa will do this when we get to power, is to install internet in all our schools in South Africa. If you look at our education system, there's big issues in our education systems. There are areas where teachers are not able to actually teach or they don't know the subject matter. For example, in some rural areas, you find that year after year, students continually fail mathematics every single year to the point where it's clear that the teacher has an issue with that subject matter. It becomes important that all our schools get internet so that they are able to teach the correct things. Our teachers can facilitate these lessons that are actually happening if the internet is available. And I fought a very good fight for Starlink earlier on in the year to say, why is our government not allowing Starlink to operate? 
For those of you that don't know Starlink, Starlink is the company owned by Elon Musk where they give internet through a satellite or, or they've actually got a satellite up there and it gives internet to that area. Zimbabwe has now got it. Swaziland has now got it. South Africa, when we were supposed to receive Starlink, South Africans said to Elon Musk, we need 30%. If you are not going to give 30% to somebody, you are not going to operate in South Africa. And I said to the government at that time, I said, and if you go on social media, you'll see my videos. I'm very vocal there. I said to them, we have rural schools in South Africa that are in rural areas that still don't have internet because Vodacom and MTN will continue to tell them excuses. Starlink is accessible to remote areas. We should be using Starlink to ensure that our educational system is reformed properly. Those concerns fell on deaf ears as people still held on to the narrative that the government says they must receive 30% for this to happen. And even till date, those schools do not have proper internet. Some of the things that are being taught in those educational systems are outdated. And, and this is the one thing we must realize as a nation, that we need a government that's going to move fast with the times. Because America, Russia, China, Europe, they are not waiting for Africa to catch up. They are continuing with their programs and they are actually benefiting from Africa being behind. And that's why in 2024, we must ensure that those we see in parliament are educated young people, forward thinking people. Yes, we will have the elders there to advise us, but we can't have 74 year olds that still ask for their WhatsApp pictures to be changed by their grandchildren, sitting in parliament, eating lunches and not coming up with proper ideas. So we've got five voice notes of people that want to, to fire up their opinions and I'm going to be playing those voice notes before we head out. So let's play the first one and I'll come in and we'll engage as we do. So please feel free to obviously join us. You are in with the president of Arise South Africa. Arise South Africa, Arise. My name is Mpo Dagada and you're with me till nine o'clock. Let us enjoy the show together. Let's have the first voice note. Uh, good evening, Songezo. Good evening, uh, Mpo Takosa. Well, Paul, we wish you all of the best. I'm listening to you. You're touching all the right buttons, really. What you say, you know, makes a lot of sense. If only you could get to grab the levers of power, then you'd make such a big change. Um, unlike the ANC, everybody actually is disappointed. The ANC has given us a raw deal for 30 years. I mean, something has to give, really. In Malutia you will never believe you will never believe Songezo. There's a mayor imposed for the second time by the ANC on the people of Malutia Pufing. She cannot read or write. I wonder if she can even read her own name. Uh, this woman is running such a big municipality without the mayoral committee. You know. Then you wonder how can one run such a big municipality without the mayoral committee? People are suffering here. Motiba, thank you. Good evening, Songezo, and your guests, the President of Arise South Africa, certainly sound fresh, young, good ideas. You know, it's lovely, of course, that you're participating in discourse. And I think this is the kind of, uh, you know, uh, well, conversations that we should have. Um, on the three priority points, uh, you know, mentioned by your guests uh, that they will deal with if they come to power and in order. I think that, you know, a lot of politicians have misread this entire thing. The issue of safety and security, you know, uh, law and order, 
um, you know, judicial reform that ensures cases go to trial on time and that justice is sort of dispensed, uh, that we deal with this crime. You know, look, you'd be surprised what it does for... Look, most of the people I know who have left the country have left because of crime. It's as simple as that. A lot of businesses have closed because of crime. It's just out of hand, you know, uh, from corruption through to you name it. Hi, Paul. This is Kieran from Tutula. Um, You know, my guy, just to answer you, when it comes to South Africa as a whole, we need new business. We need new ideas. You understand? We need new technology. You know, if we, if we can focus on growing these ideas that I've mentioned now, then we can evolve, then we, we can move forward as a country. Because the problem that we are having currently as a whole, South Africa as a whole, is that we don't want to involve. Other countries are trying new ideas, other countries are trying out new technologies. But when you come to South Africa, none of those things are being implemented. But if we could try and be open to new ideas and new technology and new business, then we'll move forward. Sure, this is given from Tutula. Well, thank you so much. We, we've got some very moving voice notes. And I'd, I'd love to engage on some of them. You know, what, the, the first speaker that spoke to us said to us that we've got municipality leaders or politicians in municipalities. Some of them can't even read. Some of them don't even understand what they're doing. And, you know, the sad part about this is that people are not aware that we spend about half the money we earn giving it back to government. You pay VAT whenever you buy something, your TV, your clothes, whatever the case is, you're paying 15% VAT. Some people are taxed up to 45% of their salaries. So essentially, for the rest of your life, half the money you have is going to these people. Why would you give half the money you have to incompetent people? Our government taxes are some of the highest taxes you can find in the world. Yet nothing works. Electricity, people must make plan B. Water, people, you know, it's I, even I was, gotten I was so embarrassing uh, with a couple of business leaders. And they were saying that they are now teaching their sales executives whenever they are selling things to start saying, we have backup electricity, we have backup water. And they said whenever they talk to international people and, you know, they're advertising a hotel and they say, oh, we have backup electricity, we have backup water. International people say, what do you mean backup? And then they say, no, we have backup water because the water supply we're expecting if it doesn't come. And then they say, what do you mean if the water supply doesn't come? And then they say, well, sometimes the water supply doesn't come. And they say, explain this to me. And we expect those people to invest billions. When the first thing they hear when they come here is, we have backup water, we have backup electricity. These are languages that scare away capital. Even people in our country that have got capital are looking outside. You know, I was saying to somebody the other day to say, if you look at the reason why a country like Mauritius is booming, it's because of South Africans. There are billionaires in South Africa, even black billionaires in South Africa, that have moved to Mauritius because they are realizing that the way the country is going under this leadership is not the right direction. And the only way we are going to turn this around is by ensuring that we teach this government a lesson. It's very important. Because if you do not discipline the perpetrator, they will continue to do the same thing. If you vote for the same government that is doing this to us, believe me you, they will do this even longer because they will see no repercussions. It's important that we teach them a very strong lesson to say South Africans are not people to be taken for a fool. South Africans are not people to be taken for a ride. And that's why it's important 
every single person we must be registered to vote we are now on the last few days of registering to vote we must ensure that we are registered to vote number two we must support progressive political parties this is very important because as new political parties even ourselves as the rise of africa we are depending on you as a nation to support us and back us the donations to go out there and get the message across to join us to ensure that you are leading in your communities because it's a different thing for all of us to sit back and complain and it's different now when we ensure that we are actually putting action now before i answer the third one we've got a caller we've got dr mnisi from mlo who's calling doctor good evening Uh, good evening. How are you? Well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I have my few take uh, that I want to talk about here. It's just, for me, I'm happy that now we have the date of the 29th of May, 2024. I'll be the one who I'm, I'm going to cast my vote. But uh, as I'm entitled to my own opinion, uh, there is this narrative i don't know where it comes from that uh, the people of south africa would vote the ruling party out <clears throat> and most of those are those who came from the ANC, are those who are fed up by this uh, current government and most of them are those who has never casted their vote to vote in the ANC into power and now those who are thinking that South Africans who has voted NC since 1994 until now will just be told by those who have never voted it to say it is about time to vote NC out. For me, that narrative, I think it should stop. We must listen to the alternative parties, like the one and that is on the children now to say this is what we are going to do, this is what we are going to do better, and let the choice be upon us to do the right thing and vote. And uh, I thank you, and have a good night. Thank you, Dr. Mnisi. I think that's that's so important what, what uh, Dr. Mnisi shared with us there from Emelo to say, let us have the take the right responsibility and ensure that each and every one of us vote. You know, we, we, we had the other listener say something so important. He said, crime is getting people out of the country. Now, I've just released my, my book. It's called I Am The Vision. And the reason I called it I Am The Vision is because I want to conscientize every South African to say, no one is coming to rescue us. No one is coming to save us. You, the listener, you are the vision. I am the vision. Each and every one of us are the vision that's going to be able to fix and rescue our country. And in that book, I do a research study on why is our policing system so bad in South Africa. And I, I literally go to the crux of the matter to understand that in the formulation stages of our policing system, we've got big issues there. But before I answer that question, and if you do want to get the book, the book is out, I Am The Vision by Mpodagada. You can visit any exclusive books and you can get yourself a copy. Some of them are sold out. Just place your orders. But I would like every single South African to be conscious of the fact that we all have a role to play. This is all of us coming together to arise and change our nation. We've got uh, Kandisa uh, who's calling us. Uh, good evening. Evening, my brother. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you, sir? Look, my brother, you know, people always, when they come and 
raise their political ideology manifesto in radio stations. They always concentrate on issues of, AN, of ANC. Look, people are dreaming. We know people, they want only to go to government because they have issues. You see, ANC, there's nothing different to what you are saying now. And the ANC for 30 years has been giving our people building houses, giving them water. Now, Candice, uh, do, do you have a job? Where do you they work? They always want to destroy what the, the leaders of Madiba and others they have built in this country. Candice, can I ask you, you a question? So, sorry, Candice. Candice, I've got a question. Candice, I've got a question for you there. Do you have a job? Candice? Do you have a job? Are you working? I've got a question there. Let Are you... me tell you, my brother, I don't have job. Okay, so so because I struggled for this country. So 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 so, Candice, if you don't have a job, died for this country, and you people who have been used by uh, those people who have money outside to come and take our minerals here, so that they must enter through you guys. Candice, it, it would be good if we were engaging, if, if we were talking, because I, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a one-sided conversation. Uh, uh, because what I wanted to understand is, are you happy with what you are seeing in the country at the moment? Do you feel that my, my after brother, 30 years, the country has progressed? Uh, I'm not happy, but I, wanted, I want to tell you, in, the, in democracy, if you understand democracy, you will have these loopholes. And then you cannot get perfect people always. You see? You so, can so, so young people, people must, you must settle for, for, for the 40% unemployment. Uh, uh, we, well, we, 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 we must accept young people. The youth must just settle. They must accept that they, 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 they will not be happy with the brother, unemployment. Let us not use youth for. We understand the problems of young people. No, but, but the youth is, is the majority in this country, and, and, and it's very dangerous you, you, to say are, we must right. not focus you're on right. them. You're right. Youth is it's majority, but you take advantage of the poor young people. You raise Remember, out of, out of every two, you want to go to parliament, out of every you two young people, issue of young people to say young people don't have jobs. We know those as ANC. So you, you, want, you want them to continue not having jobs as ANC. That, that was your plan. You planned let, for young people not to have jobs. You, let me tell you. Uh, NYDA and other structures of young people, where they raise issues, they raise a lot of things that they wanted to do. Let me tell you, here in Matosana, we have a young people who are municipal managers, who are CFOs, who are uh, MMCs. We, yeah, in we hear that. What you we are see, saying is majority... People, they know they are fighting among themselves for, for money. So what is your solution, Candisa? What, what is your, your solution? What are you saying we have to do? Because I My see... solution is you people don't be used by... Who, who is you people? Come and take our minerals in this so you are saying that we need we to have, stop... We have, listen, my brother, you, you asked me a question and then you, 
you just um, I don't know how how can you go to government is only the thing. No, no, I don't understand what you mean when you say you people. Are you saying the government must stop? Who is you? I I'm saying you, you, you. But but no, I, I I'm not taking any minerals. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm not taking any minerals. That's why I'm, I'm struggling to understand. People, we must not use this platform to say young people don't. We know as ANC that young people don't have a, a, a job. And there are structures where young people are raising their concerns. Okay, all right. No, we've young we've 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 heard your, your your point, Mr. Kandisa. Uh, Mr. Kandisa is saying you people need to stop taking minerals out of the country, and you people need to stop saying young people don't have jobs. We are going to an advert. When we come back from the advert, we are going to talk about how do we fix the crime situation in our country. And there was another listener that spoke about new technologies. It becomes very important to speak about that. And we've got many other listeners that are waiting on the line. So we'll take them as well when we come back. Let's go through to our adverts. Golden Arrows and TS Galaxy have a huge disagreement on who gets to play in the next round of the Cup of Dreams. Out of one of his ten, clashes with the Rockets. This is the NetBank Cup round of 32. Golden Arrows versus TS Galaxy on Friday, 23 February at 6.30 p.m. Live on SABC Plus and SABC radio stations. Also available on sabcsport.com. Hashtag, we love it here. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport. Tuesday Takeover on The Viewpoint. on SAFM. Welcome back wherever you are. You are with Mpodagada on the Tuesday Takeover. I have taken over the SAFM studios and I am the presenter till 9 o'clock. And uh, we're having a very fired up conversation. We are all very excited for voting the 29th of May, 2024, South Africa decides. Hey! Yeah, no, Kinako, man. No, no, no. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. We've, we've been waiting. And now the time has finally come. Let's ensure that we have these robust conversations. And before the, the, the break, we were speaking about the crime situation where uh, one of the voice notes was saying that many people are leaving the country because of crime. And I've, I've studied that conversation to say, what do we do when it comes to crime? You know, I, 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 I had the privilege of advising for five years where I sat down with the wisest professors in the world, the professor of UJ, Dr. Chizima Rallo, who's now the professor of UN. Uh, he, he was my... my, 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 my direct mentor in that department. And we were looking at how do we solve the issues in our country? And, you know, one of the things that we looked at when we looked at the policing system, we realized that in all the other countries, and it might seem small, but in all the other countries, the policing system is an integral part of the nation. What does that mean? It means on career days, policemen go to the schools and they inform young learners that if you want to become a policeman, this is how a policeman works. And they go with their weapon and their guns and they show young people. And from grade four, grade three, grade one, grade two, these young people grow up wanting to be policemen. To the point that from their infancy stage, their mindset is set to say, I want to rescue our country. You know, the policemen come every year, they tell them about the mission 
organizations they are doing. They tell them about the great crimes they are solving. And we have young people that are groomed from a young age with a vision of becoming a policeman. And when they get to that age of finally becoming a policeman, to them, it's a standpoint of honor. It's a standpoint of guarding their nation. It's a standpoint of not being corrupt. Because from a young age, they were indoctrinated with understanding that the police office is a high office where you hold the country in order and in line. And you look at our country and you look at our policemen, many of them fell into these situations. Many of them, the pride is not there. Many of them are not willing to go the extra mile because the way that our police are recruited, it's sort of like a, a last minute thing to say, oh, because I didn't make it for this and that, I will just uh, 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 bribe somebody who will give me a, a position and immediately that person is a police. And when they become or when they need to defend the nation and uphold the rule of law, they are not doing so because they were not trained from a young age. So it becomes so important that whenever we begin, whenever we start, we start by understanding how these things work and we work them properly. And the next thing is training. The training that our police receive in the nation is not enough. The next thing is the technology element. We must use technology to assist the policemen. And there's so much that technology has brought us. I want to talk about artificial intelligence and what it's brought us. But before I do that, I can see that the lines are ringing haywire. Everybody wants to talk. So I think let's start with a voice note and then we'll go to the calls. But everybody's trying to call in. Let's take one voice note. Good evening to the president of Arise. Uh, my question is on whether you think uh, the problems we are currently having can be solved by either capacitating the existing businesses to create more jobs or to cre transform the economy um, racial the racial imbalance maybe have more black uh, capitalists or does do you think that uh, the state should play a bigger role in economic development and what do you think about the reserve bank being privately owned hi good evening mr sanjezo this is justice marshall duchunga from evenda Troyando. um i would like to uh, just say an a brief that is uh, according to the vote on the 29th may we are just happy so that we can arise as we South Africans, uh, but I'm giving my vote to DA. Uh, let DA lead, and we will see uh, the difference also. Thank you. Yes, Songas, your case is powerful. I was about to do something. I can't afford to miss this. Very interesting. Philip Marshall. Thank you so much for, for those voice notes. Very interesting voice notes indeed. Now, where we were looking at when we look at the crime solutions, we need to understand that we are in the technology age, the fourth industrial revolution, where we have artificial intelligence, blockchain technology. And, you know, I, I had a meeting with an intelligence service company in this country, and they were informing me that it's so possible to be able to solve many of our crime situations just by using technology. Did you know that Everything anyone ever does on their phone. Through AI, you are able to actually find the criminals. When there is a murder, 
You are able just to check through the phone that was there, through what they call geodata-specific tracking, who actually committed that crime. If these solutions exist, why is our state security not using them to solve the issues that we've got? Why are we not solving the crime situation? We've got callers, the lines are ringing haywire. <laughs> but before we do that, I want to talk about the technology aspect to say I definitely agree with the voice note that I heard to say we must start to use more technology because technology was there to help us. And we, are, we should use it to help us to where we need to go. Now, let me go over to, 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 the, to the callers. We've got so many callers here. We've got Silo from Mokopani. Good evening, Mr. Silo. Thank you for having me. Look, but my worry is with this um, new uh, political party that I'm mushrooming each and every year, um, where they come and parade themselves or sell themselves to us as voters. After some couple of years, they, they are normal, not a couple of years. After election, you guys disappear within air. And then here you talk about um, progressive movement. I mean, if you um, want to um, help this country, I will just ask a simple question. If we talk about progressive movement, we're talking about the years of now. Hello. If I can ask you a question, because many people don't actually have the facts correct. Do you know how many political parties are in parliament at the moment? Not in, not, not in parliament. Okay. I'm talking about in parliament. Yeah, but, but I'm just giving you an example to say it's only 14. So, so, so don't confuse yourself with, 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 with the big numbers. No, 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 no. I'm not confusing myself. So, so when I'm you talking, say the I'm, ones I'm, that I'm, are mushrooming, are, are you referring to the ones that are not in parliament? Because there are many political parties that call themselves political parties, but when it comes to the votes, they're not there. So, so I think sometimes we confuse that. Are you, are you saying there's too many? Are you saying there should be two political parties or maybe three in parliament? How many would you want to have? I think you're you are, you are going to lose more voters as you speak now because you, 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 in my view, you, 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 you listen to yourself too much than us listeners now. I'm saying every time when we have an election, that is the fact. We have to go to the news. It's now 9 o'clock. That's the point. To sell them to us. That's the point. That's the point. We have to go to the news now. You're talking alone here. And then I've been holding here for a couple of minutes. And then now I want to engage you. You tell me that there's we, we are going on on, on news. That that, that 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 it is annoying me now. Can we have a better engagement whereby you give me more time? You are a guest here, and then we want to engage you. You took almost thirty minutes talking alone, right? And then you ask us to call in to engage you, and then now we don't have time. Uh, Mr. Silo, I'm no, not the, the no, creator no, 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 of radio. No, 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 no. <laughs> if we have to go to the news, they're, they're telling me in studio that we have to go to the news. But I want to get your point. I want to get your point. Yeah. What is the point, Mr. Silo? Mr. Silo, are you saying that there's too many political parties in the country? Okay, I will manage my time, Mr. Silo, yes. But the point, are there too many political parties in the country? What were you saying? The point, please. We, 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 are, we, are, we are not finding each other. You know, 
Let, just go. <laughs> Mr. Silo from Mokopani, thank you so much. We will find each other another time or while, while we are, 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 are campaigning. Now, we're going to go over to the news. I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to continue because there are so many calls here. Oh, unfortunately, we have, oh, we have to go to the news. Uh, apologies. Apparently, I'm not allowed to go over time. I was told that. So, sorry about that. Mr. Silo, I still want to pick up on you and hear your point again. So, let's hope we'll cover it after the news. Let's go over to the news. Thank you. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SFM. On the viewpoint. There's a number that has just dropped a three-minute WhatsApp voice note. Goodness gracious, this is one of our new listeners. So welcome, new listener. And the tradition we have here on the show is a voice note is one minute or less. So please try and truncate whatever that it, whatever it is that you have said in those three minutes into one minute. Let me read a couple of the other text messages that have come through before we take a call from Chaga in Bloemfontein and Vincent in Mabopane. And those calls as well, please, Chaga and Vince, please, we will have to be very, very, very short. A message. Rise Mzanzi has been featured in no less than three times on this radio station, a feat that doesn't fall on the other starter political organizations, let alone those led by real freedom fighters and not those and, and not just those bankrolled by erstwhile apartheid benefactors or perpetrators, and we know where the money comes from. Another comment coming through from one of our listeners, Zeks Teguane, Maruleng Municipality says, but don't be too excited, we will not be voting for your new political party, but the ANC. It's as simple as that. Okay, let me read one more from Mukobu. There are many political parties to vote for. Choose from them. Stop talking about the one that you do not like. Those are the comments that you at home are sending through to our guest this evening. And I suppose this is a good time then to take quick calls, please. Chaga in Bloemfontein, quick call, please. Chaga, good evening. Uh, good evening. Uh, my question for you, you said it's Rise South Africa. Arise. And Arrive South Africa, and then there's one rise in Zanzi. I presume those are two different uh, uh, parties, and of course, if they are different, I think they'll have to spend some resources convincing the, the voters that uh, they should not <laughs> vote for the other, and so on, because that, that is bound to create some confusion. Sure, thank you but very much. My, my, yeah, my, my question is just a short one. Shaka, go for it, please. I mean, you know the drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the short one. I, I just want to find the East End on the colonialism, uh, multipolar world, as well as the Palestinian, Israeli Palestinian issue. And then, thank you very much. Very well. Thank you very much. Good question. Vincent in Mabopan. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. This is what I want to say to the president, actually. I'm hearing people who are complaining who have no solutions for South Africa. And I just want to say, President, we are happy. 
we are one of the young people that are here to support visionaries like you because we are tired we've had enough with the government of the ANC and the ESF and the DA because what they do is just to grandstand and talk about policy that they never put to practice so we need fresh blood like you we need leaders who will take us into the next dimension this don't just um it was one of, it wasn't a very advanced country in terms of movement of people and then they had a series of of um unusual events you had uh, left-wing governments coming in in the early 2000s and then you had the venezuela crisis which meant that about seven million venezuelans suddenly had to had to leave venezuela and it meant that their neighbors had to deal with um these refugees and what it actually meant was it, it meant the establishment of a of a much more open regime for movement in Latin America which in South America which really hadn't been expected so what what we learned from from those other experiences is that um th- you know, things happen in different ways and we, we should understand each country in their own sure. context and try to move forward um in in those contexts and there may be unexpected things that that might assist you in moving forward Shall we talk about the South African context? I mean, this is, after all, the report's focus. And perhaps just try and understand some of the broader issues associated with the conversation on migration. Perhaps I could be wrong, but I do generally think that whenever we talk about a conversation of the kind that you and I are, it automatically puts a face to it and a face that would be black and poor and from the continent, generally speaking. And it probably is... A wrong assumption. It certainly is based on 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 assumptions that are not real, if anything, anecdotal, probably at best. But the reality is, there is a far greater inward community that is in South Africa that is not black, that is not poor, and that largely resembles wealth and opulence, and not necessarily always black, even white. China has got a lot of its foreign nationals here to be specific, but a lot of Asia in general, if you look at the Pakistani, Indian and Bangladeshi communities who have infiltrated, to use that word advisedly, in in, in the formerly township areas, that's equally as much a migration issue as anything that would be coming across the Limbobo River would be. In as much as those who are coming to capitalize on the power of their currencies when in South Africa and a lot of those would settle around the coast and the Western Cape is a large benefactor or beneficiary of that. Would this sort of study be looking at something in this context by which I've mentioned it, or is it something a little more narrow than that? No, absolutely. I mean, it is a broad study. Um, And, you know, what you say is absolutely correct. There, There are about... 3 million people living in South Africa, according to UN data, which is a slightly larger number than the official South African data, because the mm-hmm. official South African data has some issues. Um, and that's about, it's less than 5% of the population. It's fairly substantial by um, African standards. So mm-hmm. it's, remember, I said the African countries mostly around about 2%, but it's not the largest by any means. There are a number of African countries that have larger immigrant population. Most of our immigrants are, are legal. Most of them are skilled people and middle class. And don't forget, um, forget that a very large proportion of, of the Africans who actually work in, live and work in South Africa are also skilled and middle class people. They're engineers, 
there are doctors, and you know, once I, I, I gave a presentation recently, and I was asked from the audience, why does South Africa allow so many doctors from the DRC to come and work in South Africa? And clearly, you know, from the DRC, that, yes, from the DRC, and apparently there are hundreds of doctors from the DRC who are living and working and serving South Africans. That's interesting. So, yeah, I think we. You know, maybe our picture of, of, of the rest of Africa is sometimes a bit distorted. Yes, they are educated, yes, you know, yes. they are educated middle class and highly skilled people in other parts of Africa. You know, the, the technology industry in, in Kenya and Nigeria is, is as advanced, in some ways more advanced than in South Africa. So, you know, there's a lot to be gained. But then, of course, there are people who are... Uh, come to South Africa because they are desperate. Mm. Okay, so these could be refugees from the Horn of Africa. These could be from the DRC. They could be Zimbabweans who who left Zimbabwe during their economic crisis. And the the problem is that when when those people come to the country, well, it's not a problem. It's in a way a good thing. Our policy, our refugee policy in South Africa, was to say we're not going to establish refugee camps. We don't think refugee camps are humane, and they're not appropriate things to do. So we're going to allow refugees to live wherever they want to live, um, unless they don't have enough money, in which case they live in a uh, in a camp. And there are a small number who choose to do that. But I, most posit that problem, so, I posit that as a problem. I posit that. Yeah, I'm getting to that. Okay, sure. That because because the, those people are generally not very wealthy, right? Those refugees are, are quite poorly off, and they live amongst some of the poorer um, communities in South Africa. So the perception of um, our um, of some of our poorer communities, I and mean, whether it's Bitslert or, you know, parts of Kailicha or wherever it is, um, the perception is that there are relatively unskilled or people who, people from other countries who are prepared to work for lower wages and under worse, living, under worse conditions than mm. South Africans are. They are competing for our jobs. Mm. And for, for a few people, that is actually true. It's not true for most people, but for a few people, it is actually true. So... Whereas on the whole, immigrants are good for the economy. For a few people, they see the bad side. And then politicians exploit that, and they make it into a much bigger thing than it is. Tell me about why I would have said, to which you said you will get there, the point about the refugee communities being automatically integrated into the host nation as opposed to what largely is a convention of having camps where the refugee community itself establishes and organizes where the host nation can also configure its resources and better account for, for the most part, persons who otherwise are undocumented. Tell us why the model that currently South Africa employs or the lack of policy coherence in that regard is a problem and, moreover, the benefits of having camps and communities set up for refugees to the extent that they come in without the necessary documentation before integration into society. Well, I mean, generally, I don't think camps are a great idea. Uh, and this is a massive number of people that you have to deal with very suddenly, um, like uh, maybe the... Um, you know, Ukrainian crisis or the Syrian crisis of a year ago. But um, so what's the problem? The problem is that 
most most countries don't have refugee camps. Most countries allow refugees and people pending refugee status to live amongst their communities, but they have programs of integrating those people. So they have programs where they are providing support to those refugees. They are teaching them the local languages. They are they are providing support to the people who are who they are living among, so that they don't feel that they're being um, put out either. So there's um, there's, a, there's a engagement at the local government level and at border government level with the communities where refugees are living to prepare them for those refugees and to assist them in dealing with those refugees. And we've never had anything like that in South Africa. We've never had a systematic... I don't know. I don't know. So there are there are um, voluntary organisations. You know, there there are civil society organisations, and there are also international organisations like the United Nations Refugee Organisation (UNHCR), um, and there there are a few other organisations which do play a role and which do assist in in um, the what what I would call the inclusion um, strategies for refugees. But it's but I think that maybe we just haven't had the budgets or we haven't had the interest yeah, sure. or we haven't seen it as important. Yeah. Let me ask this question. Um, you said immigrants are good at the tail end of your previous response to this one. You said immigrants are good. And mm. let, me, let me just take it further by saying, um, and, and, and I really want you to sort of delve into that statement and its meaning perhaps. Immigrants are good, and this is where I continue the sentence, if, you, if you'll allow me. Immigrants are good for so long as they are skilled. Would that statement, immigrants are good, be true if the immigrant community were not skilled? In other words, would it be true that they can still add value to the host nation absent certain skills that the nation has identified as being in critical shortage? Well, in a, in a society like South Africa, 